This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Welcome to Shepherding Our Hearts with Patty and Tina Shepherd. Today we are going to talk about someone who I know I admire very much, but her name is Hannah. And we read about her in 1 Samuel, and when we first see her, she is very sad. Sadness. Sadness. She is the wife of a man named Elkanah, who had two wives. Let me just tell you, relationship advice. Two Don't wives. have two wives. Never a good idea. It never goes well, always creates trouble. There is a reason why God instituted a marriage between one man and one woman for a lifetime. Because there are always going to be problems if you don't go with God's plan. So, the problem in this situation is that Hannah could not have children. But the other wife... Which seems to be the problem a lot. It does. have more than one wife. Yeah. And I think that that is just a normal state of affairs anyway. Is that, like, sometimes people cannot have children... And I, it causes a lot of um, turmoil, even when there is only one wife. Like, it just is a cause of a lot of heartache and that kind of thing. So, but when there are two wives and one of them has children and the other one cannot, it creates even more trouble. And so that's where we find Hannah in First Samuel chapter 1. So she has no child. Her husband loves her dearly. And so when they go to the temple to worship, like... Elkanah gives her a uh, double portion, right? He's trying to kind of make up for the fact that she doesn't have children. And so um, is trying to do his best by her. So she is very loved by him, but it's still not enough to overcome um, the distress and the sadness that she has for not having a child. So let's just read a couple of verses. Um, let's read 1 Samuel 1, verses 5 through 7. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. As he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Why is it that the other wife always has to make fun of the one wife who can't have kids? Why is that? Because in any situation where there are two wives, you're going to have jealousy. That's fair. And envy. And, you know, just like the the comparing one, you know, like how, how often do we compare each other? No, compare ourselves to each other just in everyday life. Like even when it's not this kind of situation, right? We're always looking at someone else going, well, their life is better than mine or whatever. And it creates um, just... Here's the relationship advice for this time. We have so much relationship advice. It always creates problems. So, yeah, anytime that there are two wives, then you're going to have that same thing. So, (laughs) the relationship for this advice is just please only have one spouse. Please. And don't compare um, to one another. So, Hannah, what? What? They would only have one spouse, remember, because they're going to follow our advice. That's right. So, you can't compare yourself to the other spouse because we're not going to have to. We're not. I just meant in general, don't compare yourself to other women, even if they yeah, are you're not, not other people. You can't compare yourself to other people because you're not other people. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on what you, you need to focus on. Focus on God. Make you a better you. Focus on your husband. But Hannah, here we go. So Hannah goes um, to the temple 
and she's not eating and she's bitter in soul is what the Bible tells us. It just means like she is distraught. She's upset. And we're going to read verses 11 through 18. And we're going to see here that she um, is praying to the Lord because of her sadness. So starting in verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass that she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. And Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not that handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken thereto. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. So she's just pouring out her heart and her soul to the Lord. And, you know, a couple of lessons we can learn from this is um, sometimes our grief is so much that we, we go to God, like we don't know the words to say out loud, and it doesn't matter. God can know our hearts, and we can pour out our heart to him. Um, but at that time, Eli saw her, didn't hear that she was praying, and just thought that she was drunk. And so once she tells him what has happened, he just said, go in peace and the God of Israel will grant your petition that you've asked of him. So he doesn't even ask what it is that she's upset about or what she's grieved about. He just says, you go your way and God's going to grant you whatever it is that you asked of him. And Do you think he said that because God told him that... Um, that her wish was going to be, not her wish, but her prayer was going to be fulfilled? Or do you think he just said that because he's like, God's going to grant this lady's wish because she's praying so hard kind of a thing? You know, I don't know which of those two that it was. Um, that's an interesting study. We'll have to look at that. Um, because obviously Eli is one that got messages um, straight from God. Because we'll see, like, coming like up. they come in, like, a dream. Or, like, we're told that, like, the Lord said unto him. And and later we're going to see it actually comes through Samuel. Um, and then Samuel goes and tells Eli what the message was. So, um, it could work a number of different ways. But I'm not sure um, how it worked in this case. But what I wanted to focus on was her response to that news. And it's immediately, she was fine. And she went her way and she ate and her countenance or her face was no more sad. Like instantly she was better. And we know that the promise was not granted instantly and in that she still had to return back home and be with her husband. And then she became pregnant after that. And then, you know, of course you've got the whole nine months and all this before the, the child is born to know that it's a man-child, as she had requested. But it didn't matter. Like, as soon as Eli told her that her request was going to be granted, she had complete faith that God was going to grant her um, that request, and she was fine. 
So it made me um, think of Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Sometimes we have such a hard time with this. I know I do in particular. But Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So she she did. She let her requests and prayers be made known to God. And she just gave that worry and that concern and that care away. She let God have it. Mm-hmm. And she was instantly fine. That's just crazy. Yeah, just her faith in the promises of God through Eli. I mean, again, we don't know that Eli received a message from God. Obviously, she wouldn't have known that either. He just said, God's going to grant your request, so you can go on now. And she did. Craziness. Great stuff. Be that sure in your faith. Yeah, God keeps his promises. Uh, so now my point. Um, I wanted to focus on Hannah's dedication to the promise that she <coughs> she did make to God. So, because she t- said back in verse uh, 11. 11, yes, that is the word I was looking for, that she would give her child up to serve the Lord and that he wouldn't cut his hair. And she, she made this promise before she had a, a child. And then she was like, I will give him fully to you. She dedicated his life to God before he was even conceived. So let's go ahead and read verses 20 through 28. Which says, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And then the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice in his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will go not up until the child is weaned. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and abide there forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until you have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine, and she brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I have asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent unto the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. So, she she made the promise to dedicate her child's life to God when she as soon as she could. And she did. Can you imagine praying for a child so hard that people think you're drunk? And then when he came of age, just letting him go? I can't imagine that. I can't. It would be so hard. But we do know, like, from the next chapters, that she did go up every year and brought um, brought him a little coat as he grew. And so she was still in his life. 219. To, to some extent. Yes, 219. Did you Moreover, want to read that? his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. 
Okay. So, yeah. So, she would still go and she would be able to see this child and see him growing and see him, you know, like learning to serve God there with Eli. But even so, it's still crazy. It is crazy. And I think about that today and like how often, you know, we're blessed with children in this life and instead of dedicating them to God and that we're going to like make sacrifices with our life um, or with their life to serve God, we try to do everything to serve our children. You know, like we want them to have the best life on this earth as possible. So we kind of bend over backwards to give them everything that they might want um, or need or whatever. Um, And it's really, it's the wrong focus that we should have. So we need to be more like Hannah. Be like Hannah. Um, And I also think when I read this, how easy it would have been for Samuel to have, you know, become bitter or irritated. You know, we look at like Joseph as well, like from Genesis and like how he ended up being sold into slavery and all of the things that he went through and he could have turned out to be a bitter man or whatever, but his focus the whole time was on serving God. And so even when all of those bad things happened to him, he was, he was like, don't worry about it. It was all meant for God, you know, and for God's people um, and for God's promise to come through him. And here Samuel doesn't have any bitter or um, any hard feelings for like being taken to the temple and to serve there. You know, he could have, I could just see people today being like, hey, I didn't have any choice in this. What if I don't want to do this with my life? And it didn't matter. Like, he just, that was his role and that was his um, duty and he fulfilled it even better than Eli's own sons who were there. So, it's just kind of a testament to um, who Samuel was and who Hannah was. Yeah, I I have written down that we need to have our conversation be in such a place that our promises mean what we say to like in ver- I have a verse written down for it um, James 5.12 which says let me get there I'm going to re- try really hard not to rip a page while getting there too aren't you proud? I believe in you you've got this I'm not always the best at that anyways it says but above all things my brethren swear not neither by heaven neither by earth neither by any other oaths, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. It's just let's not make promises we can't keep. And that's really and if you what make it a promise. Keep it. Keep it. And that's really what it comes down to is that Hannah she made a promise and she believed a promise, right? So it's all about the promises. promises. Yep. And we know that anything that God has said, he will keep. Yep. So there is no God's promises are faithful. Yeah. Whether they are promises for good um, or... Like the hope of heaven. Yes. Or the promises of justice, like God cannot tolerate sin. So many times we want to take that promise out of the way, right? Because we're like, oh, but he wouldn't want... harsh. People say that. It is just. And it is right. So... Yeah, God's promises are always kept, and we need to make sure that our promises are something that people and God 
can rely on and trust. Be a trustworthy person. Yeah, I had um, Romans 12, verse 1 written down as well, where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So just the idea of when we become a Christian. I have this point written down too, but I had Galatians 2.20. Oh, that would also work. Um, but yeah, when we become a Christian, like that is our promise to give our lives as Literally, a reasonable service. I have written, we need to keep our promise in dedicating our lives to Christ. Oh, so many times on the same page. Did you want to read or quote Galatians 2.20 yes. to end it? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So yeah, keep keep your promises. God will keep his promises. All's well that ends well. That's right. And if we keep our promises to God, it will end well. It's true because he'll keep his promises to us. That's right. What a great time. <laughs> hey, I have a question. What's that? Do we say thank you? We do. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.